In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. I believe that we are advancing more on our journey. I'm so sure that some of us may be fed up and be decided not to continue. But I believe the majority are still staying and seeking more of the grace of God. So, in the morning we saw the deformed image of fatherhood. In the afternoon, we saw the proper image of our Heavenly Father. And now we need to make the reconciliation. We need to see how I can move from this distortion to this reality that I'm called to be. So I choose this title, Becoming by Grace, What Jesus is by Nature. And this is again the word of Saint Essences, not my words. So the whole journey is about one thing is to receive what has been done already for me. The very simple meaning of this quote is well known to all of us, but we need to think of it more. Jesus is the Son of God, and you are the Son of God or the daughter of God. You heard it many times. But today we need to enrich this word. So becoming by grace what Jesus is by nature is He is a son and I am a son. But I am a son by grace. He is a son by nature. So all the journey is how to receive all what Jesus has by nature, by grace, to be mine. And then to enjoy something totally different. To enjoy a different meaning of fatherhood and a different meaning also sonhood. Let me start with these couple of verses. First one from Hebrews chapter 1. St. Paul says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the Father by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world. Focus on this words. Christ, he was appointed to be heir of all things. This is he himself by nature. Now I am going to receive something, but by grace. The top of it is, I am a son. To this great awesome father. We spoke about him. We spoke about him in the morning. And St. Paul is telling us it's exactly the same. Go further. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So I have this right. I have given this right to have such inheritance. To receive all what Jesus has by nature to be mine by grace. And on the top of it, to be a son, a real son, to the real Heavenly Father, through grace and by adoption. And here St. Paul is saying something very important. Our heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ in everything. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. If you are suffering, it's part of your sonhood. If you are suffering, it's part to share what Jesus had for you and for me. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of it. When we start speaking about it, then I have to believe that I have a very personal calling. I'm not going to gain something is not mine. That Christ incarnated to give me what he has by nature to be mine by grace. And the big title above it, to be a real son through grace by adoption. This is from a book by John Captain, and here's how we thought in the past, I was still thinking the same way. When you are four years old, my daddy can do everything. Michael was telling us yesterday can stop wars, protect us from war. <laughs> when you are seven, my nose alone, a whole lot. After a while, eight, doesn't not quite know everything. <laughs> if twelve, oh well, of course, father doesn't know everything. The one missing here, I think when you are fourteen, he doesn't know anything. 
the time is now come that obliges us to make that resolution true in practice. We were the very first that revolted and went out to this other place. And we are the last to fight against them. And I cannot but esteem it as a favor that God has granted us that is still in our power to die bravely in a state of freedom. They left the food only to say we are not dying out of poverty or lack of food, but we choose to be free. We are not going to be enslaved anymore. And this is a great monument now, everyone is building a place to to say that we can die, but we live free. So the question that we have here. Hezekiah 
to the same. From the first day of the first month, the first year of King Hadakaya started a revival. He said, but now. But now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. Through the word of God. Through the incarnation. Through what Christ is by nature, is going to be mine by grace. But if you can see, we stand called, but now, I'm from the line. If I even was the miserable father all my life, but now, I have a new revelation. And it's that truth. I'm not relying on my own personal experience anymore. I'm relying on Him, on His Word, and His truthful and trustworthy Word, but now. So the beginning of the healing is to choose to break the chain. To see with St. Paul, but now. What does it mean? The righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets was telling us, He is coming. The Son of God is coming, yes. To give you what He has by nature to be used by grace, yes. But now, it appears. Without the law, but revealed in Christ, witnessed by the law in the past. But the law was just pointed towards Him. He is coming. Wait for the Messiah. Wait for the Son of God to give you what, is, what He has. His Sonhood. To be a son by grace through adoption. And this verse we shared yesterday. But again, focus in each word. Romans 8:15. But for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now under the bondage of your own personal experience, which is true for you, but it is not the truth. Yes, you suffer. Yes, you write on God and you feel you don't get what you were looking for. Because you were looking for something wrong, as we spoke in the morning. So no more fear. No more fear, as he said in Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. But you receive the spirit of adoption to convey what Christ is by nature, to be mine by grace. By whom we cry out our Father. In reality. So the first thing is draw the line. Say I'm going to break the chain. No more fatherless life. No more distortions as much as I can. As the guy was saying, the best gift to my kids is to be the God of man or the woman of God. God of God of man of God or the woman of God, sorry. So again, if you draw the line, then you receive this. From day one, the church entrusted you to the Holy Spirit when you were baptized. Say, you have this Spirit. You can now say, Abba Father, joyfully and proudly. In Hebrews, he's telling us something else. But an imperfect father, or imperfect man, or imperfect mother, or son, or whatever it is. You, when you receive your rights, when you choose to draw the line, here it is. Christ has done something for you. He had it by nature. He took my flesh, your flesh, to be mine and yours by grace adoption. And having been perfected, so all your weakness has been perfected. All what you need has been perfected in Him. He became the owner of eternal salvation to all who obey Him since your participation in this verse. Till today, I don't trust the Word of God. I don't feel it's for me. I don't feel this command is now for me. I'm still young. Whatever your excuse. You have the perfected act of Christ. The fullness of sonhood by grace to adoption if you obey. So still, every single thing we discuss is synergy. Divine human act. He's saying you, now you cannot reach me as a father. But I will send my son to give you this sonhood. We'll speak more about it. This makes a difference in understanding the liturgy. It's not a good habit. It's not a blessing. No. I'm uniting myself with the son, Jesus Christ. 
because I can say with him, Abba Father, is saying it by nature and saying it by grace through adoption. Feel that it's a grace to call him a father. It's a grace to be united with Christ in the Eucharist. So I'm going to have communion tomorrow to cry out joyfully and in reality, Abba Father. So he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. The divine part has been completed on the cross. In the whole life of Christ, his resurrection, his ascension, now stretch out your hand and take it through obedience. So every single thing in our life, many times, divine human act starts by a gift from heaven and then through obedience I enjoyed it here. In John 16, telling us something very interesting. Again, what we are trying to who I am, how I can gain it, first draw the line. Say, I am here to break the chain. Say, I am here to be united with your son, to receive all his sonhood claims, rights. The verse we shared yesterday, those who have received him, he gives them the right to be called the children of God. It's rights. We have received this right through his acts, through our obedience to his perfected act. In John 16, 14 and 15, he will be talking about the Holy Spirit. He will refine me, for he will take of what is fine and declare it to you. What is mine by nature will be yours by grace. And what is mine is the whole life of Christ. Not only Samuel. Samuel is a big title. His forgiveness is, is mine. His death is mine. His resurrection is mine. His ascension is mine. Everything is mine. How can I receive it? Through the Holy Spirit. That's why the church is dedicating the third hour every day to speak to the Holy Spirit. Come and fill us. Come and dwell in us. Come and give me this tongue to say, Our Father, joyfully believing in it that I am a real son to such awesome and great father. All things that the father had are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. You are enjoying the inheritance of God. You are the heirs of God. He is taking what is mine declared to you and all what is mine the Father has given me all what He has become mine. You are in real enjoyment. His power is mine. It's for my protection, not to destroy me as I thought. Not to hinder me from enjoying life, no. It's here to give me life and life abundance, as He said in John 10, 10. But where are you now? Which is, if you would like to draw the line, to say, from now on, I'm going to break the chain. If you see yourself in the sun, receiving the fullness of this fatherhood, is telling you here. And again, my shared part of the church yesterday, for, I pray for every one of us, that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to see it in its fullness. Where are you now? Here I am. I in them, and you, you in me. You are not separate from the Son, Jesus Christ. You are one in Him, with Him. Not in theory, not in theology, but in actual fact. So each and every Eucharist. Again, the Eucharist, our theology is a Eucharistic theology. We know everything in the Church, and our religion with God through the Eucharist. I in them. It's not a theory. It's not something nice to be in. It's the reality. I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one. So if now the Father looks at me and looks at you, He can't see you at all. He sees you always in Christ. That's why the second half makes sense now. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you love, have loved me. How come the Father, the Heavenly Father, this awesome God, 
loves you in person as he loves his son Jesus Christ. Because you are not separated from him anymore. The key here, I in them, I in you. That's why here I stand. The beginning is to rediscover my position in Christ. To see that I cannot be loved less than the Son Jesus Christ. Why? Because no separation anymore. That's why the greatness of our theology is based on the reality of the Eucharist. It's real union, real body of Christ, to be one with Him. It's not a difference between the Orthodox and the non-Orthodox. No. It's the reality of who you are. Are you standing on the fear of being in Christ or standing in the reality? Ontological reality. And in Christ, in His body, living member, united with Him. This is where I stand. Okay. I am a son through this. Um, a real son experiencing a real sonhood by grace through adoption in this position. And he sent Ignatius saying you now you need to move forward. But you have drawn the line, you knew where you stand, then you have to move on. Some of us were able to write down in the letter that I have something against my I can't forgive him. I can see the damage is too big. Some didn't write, some they feel no, my dad didn't damage me at all. He was doing his best. He has his faults as a human being, which is fine as well. But here is something very important. It is worth noticing that after acquiring spiritual understanding, the defects and faults of one's neighbor begin to seem very slight and insignificant as redeemed by the Savior and easily cured by repentance. Those very faults and effects which seemed to the carnal understanding so big and serious, evidently the carnal mind being itself a blank, gives them this huge significance. The carnal mind seems in other sins that are not there at all. Let me stop at the very last sentence. Sometimes it's obvious I was mistreated at a certain time. So I need to forgive, to repent and to forgive. Because it will become small when I acquire a spiritual understanding. When I know where I, I, I stand, that I am in Christ, I am the Son of the Most High. But part of my distortions this evening is here. My carnal mind sees in others sins that are not there at all. Part of it is magnification. Yes, he might be, my father, my biological father, was not caring enough, was working more, yes. But I'm not going to disregard or discredit everything else based on he was not caring more. He was playing with me, but not every day, fine. But he was playing with me once or twice a week. So it's very important not to minimize what he has done and to magnify what he has not done and also not to create things. Because sometimes when I, especially for those who are not sharing their thoughts with someone else, their mind can easily make stories, <coughs> make imaginations and assume things and see things differently is not there. So please, not to see is telling us that he is all in your hands. It's your repentance. And if now you believe that you are in the Son, then all what he has done is yours by grace through adoption. He forgive those who crucified him. Then you can do it. He allowed many sinners to be in his life. And he was able to change them. He is giving you the same opportunity. Be changed, be forgiving, and show the reality of who you are, where you stand, and God is able to use you around you. So if the keys are in my hand, here's the first one point we need to do it all. What we said in the morning here, you know and experience first the fatherhood of your biological father. Then you projected this on the heavenly father. We need to make it upside down. 
Today we wanted to, or we tried in the morning to rediscover our Heavenly Father. Then through being in Christ, one with Him, becoming what Christ is by nature, by grace in my life. Then I can see my Father differently, as Saint Ignatius is telling us. So, one of the major things, if you draw the line, if you decide to break the chain, if you know who you are, which sort of love you enjoy, because you are in Christ, enjoying the same love that the Father was loving the Son, it's time to know that I need to put the picture upside down, or to make it right. It was upside down, let me make it right now. I'm not now projecting my distortions on my Heavenly Father, but I am projecting who I am on my earthly father. Who I am through knowing who is my father, who I am in the person of Christ, who I am to receive such love as the Father's love to His Son, Jesus Christ. So, if you draw the line, if you know who you are, it's time to make the picture in the right direction. Make it upside down. Or if it was upside down, make it in the right direction. See first your heavenly father's love, where you stand, and then seek to see your father from this point of view. As Saint Jesus was saying, sin is going to be minimized. The weaknesses will be redeemed through the Savior himself. One more thing, take the right position. And focus on these two pictures, very simple, but very symbolic as well. This was maybe the case when you were young. But it is not the case today. The case today is like this. But unfortunately the devil is putting us in this, or engraving this image in my mind. So I'm still afraid to talk to my father. This image happened 10-15 years ago. And I am in this age now. But I'm behaving like this. So the second or third or name it, whatever it is, be in the right position. Now this happened, and whatever this abuse was, verbal or physical, whatever it is, but it is not going to happen again. You are in prison in this image. Get out of it. Limit this image to a time and a place. You were there when you were five, and it was right, or not right, it was true, but it's not the truth anymore. You are here. You can discuss. You can stand for yourself in a polite way, in a respectful, respectful way. But don't live in this. This is not existing anymore. So first, see things through the Heavenly Father's eyes and then take the right position in each discussion. Or call it challenge or conflict. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. Don't be impolite as well. But stand for yourself. No one is going to stand for you. And if you are not going to mature now, as the guy said, he was 84 years old, still he is holding the baby. I wish none of us would be at this age still living and holding this grudge and pain of whatever distortion he has in his life. What next? What more he can do? Be grateful to what you have. Having a father is a gift. Whoever he is. He has his weaknesses, yes. He has his faults, yes. He's imperfect, yes, because all of us are imperfect. He has his distortions, yes. And see him now if he's insisting in his own distortions. That he is the one who is in need for the Savior. He is the one who is in need to be in Christ, to receive this sonhood as well. This will soften your heart to the, the next that we are going to discuss. <coughs> it's imperfect and you are imperfect. And he is, do not discredit the good things because of any sort of things. So the guy was saying that his father was working, or his work colleague working too hard to give them or to buy them everything. In itself, it's a gift. It's not the right thing, but he did what seems for him the right thing to do. So appreciate it. Discuss with him, tell him, I need your time. I need your hug. I need something from you in person. 
more than a lentil or a car or whatever it is. He's wounded and he did not seek healing. You have a chance to seek your own personal healing. So we are not here again to compare ourselves with anyone, to condemn to or to judge. We are here because all of us have a divine appointment. You have an opportunity to receive you, to start the journey of your healing. I'm sure many started before, many will start now, many will deny everything, fine. Still we have the free will to do whatever you want. Choose to renew the relationship to be enjoyment. It's a fatherhood, father-son, father-daughter, fine. But try to enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your life of this relationship. The rest he can offer. If he can't offer, some father I never received emotions from my dad. How come you ask me to offer some emotions to my children? It's because the father can give you this. The Holy Spirit can train you to the habit. But accept what he can offer and make it a sort of enjoyment. And say it out loud, but now I'm comfortable. This time and to break this chain. What else they have to do? We heard it many times in the video we are in forgiveness. We had a full conference 2012 and it's online and broadcast on your site. Oh, it's only forgiveness. And it was really Amazing healings has been done on this world, in this conference. And now I need it in a specific way. I need to forgive my father for any distortions, whether intention or not intention. Whether it was an evil way or just happened in my life. The Lord was saying in Colossians, St. Paul was saying in Colossians 3.13, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you forget, you must forgive. It's a must. It's not a choice. But I can say, easy, I can't. Yes, you can, but He can in you, because now you have been a co-heir with Christ. You are a son receiving the power of Christ who was able to forgive those who crucified Him by grace, through adoption. I am the son of the Most High. I am one with the one who was able to forgive. If we need to do it. And the Holy Spirit is able to give me this power to make it. In Matthew he is telling us, if you are offering your gift as an altar, and then remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift. How much more? You are living in the same house or even if you left the house with your dad, how much more I need to forgive. First, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer you. It's hard, yes. especially if the harm is still continuous. Especially if he insists, this is me and I'm right, and you are wrong. And that's why the reward is much bigger. And the power you are going to receive is much higher. So enjoy it. It's a battle, but it's better for eternity. It's better to say, I'm going to break the chain. I'm going to inherit any more pain, and I'm not going to pass on to my next generation this anymore. So draw the line. Decide to break the chain. Know where you stand. I am in the sun, receiving all the power, all the sunhood power of Christ by nature to be mine by grace through adoption. Then know that the keys are in your hand. Don't magnify their faults or minimize them. Take this courage and the power of Him to be able to forgive. And one more thing. You can easily judge Him. Whether he's a biological father, spiritual father, church leader, then he is to judge him. But the Lord is saying, be an intercessor. Present my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they may be saved. And we are all in a journey of salvation. One person changed at home can change the whole house. 
So he's telling you, be an intercessor. I'll tell you something. Some people, even in writing the letter, they were afraid to write the letter with no names. He's even, he's too far maybe from his father, but he's still afraid of him. We are not receiving the spirit of fear, of bondage to fear, the spirit of adoption. So, he's telling me here, be careful, don't be afraid. Because your father has not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power is yours, through Christ again, and by grace. And then he has to do something. Sometimes you feel even ashamed to speak to your father in confession about something between you and your dad. And the Lord here is telling me something very important. What you have seen is true. And you can't change it. Your dad was swearing or doing something nasty to you. You are the only one who knows it. You are the only one who wins. Then the Lord is telling you, you have two options. To expose it in the light and to share it with your father confession or your counselor or whatever you call it. And both of you be and both of you be intercessors for him. Or judge him and be a sinner as well. So every time you see someone, whoever he is sinning, be an intercessor. Because Paul saw in his enemies who wanted to kill him many times. His relative, the Jews. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel who wanted to kill me is that they may be saved. I'm intercessor for them, despite what we have done. Here's a very important fact. Because there is always discipline from God and from biological fathers. And St. Paul is also a fact. Now not chastising seems to be joyful for the present. To go and forgive. To go and to initiate a relationship which maybe was dead for many years. Sometimes you to initiate a, 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 a phone call. It's hard for me. It's a way to be chastised. It's a way of revival and forgiveness. A way for my own personal maturity with God and with my father and with my next generation. But painful. It's painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Don't look to the pain of now. Look to the fruits of tomorrow. Because you decide from now, but now, I decided to break the chain. I decided to forgive why I know it's hard. Please listen to the six talks of this conference of 2012. I need to forgive. It's my need, it's not his need or her need. It's my need to forgive. To receive forgiveness. To accept this forgiveness. And then peaceful fruits of righteousness. This is what I'm waiting for myself and for the next generation. I'm not going to accept either for myself or for my next generation to carry the same pain on and on and on. I need to break it and say with St. Paul, but now. St. John Christom comments on this verse saying, Those who drink the bitter medicine first have to drink it unwillingly, but they feel comfortable after that. You will suffer now. Thus is chastising. Every chastising seems to be for sorrow. However, it is not the case. Even the suffering in your past. God has said, I'm going to make out of it something very joyful. Peaceful fruits of righteousness. I'll make you to serve those who are oppressed the same oppression. To be a help for them. Because be careful. When I suffer in my home from my father or my mother. Unfortunately, I choose one of the two extremes. Either to be exactly like him or totally opposite of him. I'm not reaching the balance. But if I draw the line and say, but now I'm seeking the balance. Not to be exactly like him or her or to be totally opposite to him. If he was too strict, overprotective, I'll be very, very loose. No. I need the balance. I need to be a man of God, a woman of God, 
offering the balance, receiving the balance from my Heavenly Father and offering it to each and everyone in my family. But some will say, but I have no father at all. I don't have a father, but I don't have a father. And I don't trust any spiritual father as well. For a reason also Allah. And here what the Lord is saying in Ezekiel chapter 34. Even if you are this morning in this or this evening, sorry, in this situation, don't trust any father under any circumstances. The father trusts himself is to you. But today I'm going to do something different. I will oversee you by myself. He's saying that a shepherd seeks out his flock. On the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all places. And he is today here among us. Say, I'm here to seek you in person, to restore who I am in your eyes. Then you start to trust your biological father and your spiritual father in a different manner. Not to make them in my place, because you know that they are weak. They are all weaknesses and they are having their own faults. But to seek me first and then the help of others. But the main image is my heavenly father. And he continued, and I bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountain. He is the one who is going to feed you with his love, with his care, with all the names we mentioned in the morning. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shaman, everything. So please receive it from him. If you have no father at all in your life, he's inviting you and me to experience him first. And through him, we'll see other fatherhoods in a different way. He continued, I will feed them in good pasture, and their food shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down on a good, good food and feed in rich pastures on the mountains of Israel. He's inviting you and me to the richness he has in the mountains. So, no one has an excuse. If what happened to you is true, but it is not the truth. Never accept what happened to you to be the truth. Or the theme of life. No, it's the distortion of the devil who wants to destroy everything. From day one, since you were baptized and you renounced the devil and accept Christ even through God, Father, and Mother, the devil wants to steal your sonhood. He wants to steal your kinghood. So remember, he put crowns for the kids. He knew that on your day of baptism, you were ordained a king and priest to God. I want to destroy your kinghood and priesthood and something as well. And it's time to claim it, reclaim it, to restore it through the love of God the Father. And here what I would like to end up with two quotes. One by St. Augustine, to deliver us for the communion tomorrow. Again, I believe, and I say it many times, each communion is a different one. Today, he was saying, since I, Christ, am the food of full-grown men, grow and you shall feed on me, but you shall not change me into your own substance, as you do with the food of your body. And he said, you shall be changed into me, into the sons and daughters of God. By grace through adoption. This me by nature. By uniting you with me in the Eucharist, you be what I have, but by grace and through adoption. It makes your communion different every day. Every verse read during the liturgy, it makes me today I'm going to be united with Christ who is going to give me this. Tomorrow I wish all of us to seek this unity in the Son, to be able to say, Abba, Father. So remember, just before the communion, the church is giving us all to say, we can say it out loud, boldly, Abba, Father, our Father, our name. Why? Because this is the moment we are going to unite ourselves with the Son 
and then he is my father, like he is his father. He is by nature, and I have it by grace and so adoption. One more quote. We shared it in the last talk by Saint Cyril. And we pray the same uh, fraction tomorrow. As you are one with your Father and the Holy Spirit, we become united with you. In the end, so that with so with that intimacy, you call on God your Father, our Father. And not separate anymore. One of the main characteristics also of the Western, uh, Eastern theology that we are not afar from God. I'm not talking about the God who is coming to see us and love us <coughs> verbally. Now we are in Him, in reality. Sincere, <laughs> the great says in the Eucharist, two pieces of wax melted, fused together. No separation. When He sees me, He cannot see me alone. When I speak, I don't speak alone. I am speaking in Christ to my Father and His Father. And here what I was looking for. This is the title. Becoming by grace what Jesus is by nature. Thank you. This is our cry. This is why he was incarnated. To save us from our sins. To abolish this. To abolish corruption. But above all, to restore us as children. Real sons and daughters. To be able to cry, Abba Father to heal our wounds and to change everything in our life. Again, it's a journey. I invite you at the end. Please, if you start the journey for you are here to encourage others to go on and to move on, not stop. If you didn't start yet, please think of it. You are in need to start today better than tomorrow. If you start in the past and stop, please restart again. If you are denying the whole story, it's up to you, but I encourage you again. Please think of it. It's a need for you and for the generations to come. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 19, restraining them, choose life that you may live, you and your descendants. When you choose life now, it's not only for you. It's for you and your descendants. Please don't be lazy. Please don't delay it. It's for you and for your descendants. You need to love, to pray for your children who are going to be born after 5, 10, 15 years. Let them be born while they have a wealth of prayers, a wealth of intercessions before they come. Not to be born while they are already receiving curses from everywhere. It's your choice. Whether to invest blessings for your second generation or to leave it as it is. Choose to say, let me break the chain but now to, wait, to know where you stand to know that the keys are in your hands you are capable through him by his grace to forgive to be an intercessor to move on and to receive healing from heaven Father. May the glory of God gives you from now